Alright, well we um, will continue in our series on Christ and culture, and we've been talking about the role of the church as an expression of the redemptive kingdom in the midst of the common kingdom. We've had these uh, these kinds of categories we've been working through over the last few weeks, uh, that we as uh, people living on this earth live in the common kingdom of man, and in the midst of that, we experience God's redemptive kingdom through the church, and uh, specifically through the worship of the church as we gather uh, together as his people. So last week, we talked about the elements of worship uh, that God calls us to in his word as we gather together corporately and um, there, will be, um, there will be more of that probably in the next uh, trimester of Sunday school, so we're not going to dwell on that uh, much longer, but I hope you've been thinking about those things and recognizing them uh, in our uh, worship as we've, as we've gone along. Um, <clears throat> I, wanted to, I wanted to emphasize uh, what, something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and here's the point that I made. Because it's going to work right into what I want to discuss today. But I said we have no more important membership in this world than your membership in the local church. You have no more important relationship in this world than your relationship in the church. You have nothing more valuable in this world than your connection to the church. You have nothing more important to do with your time than to worship with the church. You have nothing whatsoever that you can tend to in this world that would rise to the significance greater than living and serving and worshiping as a member of Christ's church. And remember, we talked about when we come together, we're not just a group of people coming together and doing a few things that are, we can either take or leave and then kind of going away, uh, but we are coming and participating with all of the true saints and true churches of the world on the same day, every single week, along with all of the angelic hosts of heaven to bring worship onto our Lord who has redeemed us by his blood. And so this isn't just us here doing these things, but we are gathering with all the saints of all time to worship the Lord. And so we're participating in the redemptive kingdom. And this is the only place uh, in terms of our gathering corporately, not talking about the building, but as the people coming together that we are able to participate fully in the redemptive kingdom here on earth. Um, And so that really leads us into conversation about something that the Lord has commanded of us as his people living in this world um, that he has made to be so significant uh, that he himself showed it in his own example from the very beginning of time and creation and also that he has written into his law. It is also something that God calls us to 
that um, have many Christians raising their eyebrows about, scratching their heads, and um, wanting to uh, debate or do away with or whatever. Um, But I have found in my own life and experience that this happens to be one of the greatest blessings that we have as Christians. Um, So what is it? What am I talking about that is so um, life-altering for the Christian and yet will have us standing out like sore thumbs in the culture around us and sadly even in uh, the Christian community around us. What is it? The Lord's Day. Very good. Number one, Jeff gets a blue ribbon today. (laughs) Right, so... I'm not, I'm not going to get into all the details of the Lord's Day. I've preached on it several times. I've given you reading material on it. And have seen many of our families growing in this. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I have heard many testimonies of um, how the Lord has blessed you and your family as you have grown in that. Um, But I think it's important to talk about because it's a very unique aspect of our being citizens of the redemptive kingdom. We're members of Christ's body. We are partakers of heaven even here and now as we gather corporately for worship. And so in our our gathering, the Lord has called us not to... Um, not to a few hours of observation once a week, but to an entire day that he has set aside for us uh, to spend primarily in the things that he has called us to in worship, in fellowship, in rest, and works of necessity and mercy. Um, So I want us to think about this in light of the principles we've talked about over the last uh, few weeks. And like I said, if you want a more robust treatment, the theological argument for uh, the, the, the uh, exegetical argument behind why we believe the fourth commandment is still standing today for Christians to observe, um, I, have, I can point you in the right direction in terms of sermons and books and things of that nature. But I want to ask this question for our discussion this morning. How does observance of Sunday as the Lord's Day, highlight the centrality of the church in the Christian life. We're thinking of this in terms of our place in culture as God's people. How does our worshiping and, and observing the Lord's Day once a week on Sunday highlight the centrality of the church in the Christian life? Great, so there is a uniqueness to the time that we spend together and in worship and in the rest of the things we do with the day that is set apart from um, the rest of what we do the rest of the week, but also in generally in what the rest of the world has going on, right? Um, we are showing a, um, a very unique part of our lives every Sunday as we set all of all of what's going on in the world aside uh, to focus all of our attention and effort on uh, these things the Lord has called us to corporately. Tris? 
Excellent. Great. So even in the things that we are doing throughout the week, we are driving toward our time together corporately. If we understand our coming together corporately in the way I believe the Lord wants us to, um, this is a time where we get to uh, come and worship and gather before the throne of grace in a way that uh, is unique and different from any other time during the week. And so our time in worship should be the absolute highlight of every single week, no matter what other great and wonderful and marvelous thing happens throughout the week, uh, that the Lord's Day, and particularly on the Lord's Day, our gathering for corporate worship is most significant. Debbie? Great. The, uh, the Lord Jesus said that um, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Uh, that the Lord has given us this day uh, that we ourselves uh, would be brought to realign all of our thoughts and intentions and affections on Christ. To be brought to a place where we are uh, repenting together and being restored and renewed in our minds and in our hearts by the word and uh, that we are uh, finding rest, and uh, in that rest that we recognize our greatest rest is in Christ and all the promises um, of Christ. Tris? Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, every, every week is leading up to, you know, we go, we can kind of think through all uh, of uh, the work of Christ. Christ worked and he strove and he fulfilled all that God called him to do. And then um, on the Lord's day, he rose from the grave. And so we celebrate the resurrection each and every week as we, as we gather. So all of our lives every week are, are moving toward um, this great uh, time. And so Monday morning, uh, we reset and start uh, looking again forward to the next Lord's Day. Good. Well, we believe that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. And again, I'm not going to give you all the arguments for why. I think um, there is a plenty of biblical support uh, to see the Sabbath moving from Saturday to Sunday. Um, but that's a whole class in itself. Um, so, Hopefully you've heard that before and you've embraced that. And if not, uh, maybe uh, you can uh, look at some other things. But uh, we're assuming that this morning, that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. And with that uh, comes um, our understanding of, of how, um, how the fourth commandment carries over into the Christian life, just like uh, the, re- the other nine commandments. Um, so... As such, we are called to honor the Lord's Day from start to finish. And that regulates what we do and don't do in the ways that we might honor God, in the ways that we rest from our labors in the common kingdom, because the Lord's Day is partaking of the redemptive kingdom. And so if you think of this in terms of kingdoms, we're setting aside the common kingdom to embrace and participate in the redemptive kingdom. And so it's as if one day a week we travel to a faraway distant land and we spend from sunrise to sunset in this distant land 
and when we have completed the day, then we travel back and we go back into our normal everyday life. But one day a week, we are making the journey. And the journey is to the redemptive kingdom. Now, our culture has done something with the Lord's Day that is relatively unheard of in generations past. What is that? And some of you, um, I even remember in some way, uh, that the culture used to be a lot more keyed into this, um, but not so much anymore. What, what has the culture kind of done with the idea of the Lord's Day being observed? What's that? Yeah. So that's within the church that um, there are some who believe that the, the actual uh, day itself doesn't matter if we meet on Tuesday or Friday or whatever else. So that's within the church. What about the culture at, at large, Lee? Yeah, I think on the whole, what uh, it used to be uh, hard to find a business that was open on Sundays, right? Um, there are even laws on the books, um, even to this day, that are related by, um, uh, to this idea of the Lord's Day. So, for example, uh, you cannot go to the grocery store and buy alcohol on Sunday. What is that related to? Well, it is God's um, law written on the heart of man to where they have some conviction about that. Now, if you ask them why... Uh, generally, you're not going to find any kind of reasonable response as to why that is, uh, that we can just um, take a day off, I guess, from buying alcohol at the grocery store. I'm not sure um, what the reasoning would be behind that if we don't understand things from the perspective of Scripture. And I very strongly believe people continue with those convictions because they understand the significance of the Lord's Day because God's law is written on their hearts whether they acknowledge it or not. So some of those things continue on today, but on the whole, in the common kingdom, uh, we continue with life and commerce just the same as any other day of the week. Go ahead, Adam. Sure, good. And, um, you know, you hear people in general, talk about a um, days gone by and, and what it is about those days gone by that um, they uh, appreciate, that they uh, miss, that they love. I think this issue is at the heart of that, that we, as, as we see uh, churches now who honor the Lord's Day, we see stronger families, we see a stronger sense of community, we see less depression and stress and all these things. Um, so just in those elements, we see the blessing that comes with doing as God has called us to do. Russ? Sure. And we pack it all in. So this is one of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trish. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, most people have the day off work uh, for now. Um, and so it's another day to, uh, to be a part of what's going on in terms of uh, commerce and everything else. Now, as we talk about culture with relationship to the church, this is one of the things that is 
as we think about our place, we've, we've talked about sort of what does the Lord call us to in terms of how we are to live as Christians. So we don't just outrightly reject everything and anything uh, that's not explicitly Christian. We don't embrace everything of the world. We have to be discerning and uh, discriminatory in the things that we do embrace. Uh, But we are called to live faithfully in the midst of the culture. And if uh, we understand this to be a command of God, part of the law of God, it's going to force us into uh, making some very... Uh, one, countercultural decisions, but two, some things that are going to be difficult. Some things that are going to be very difficult. I, uh, last year, uh, about this time, maybe a little bit later, I handed, I had um, CDs burned for everyone, and I hope you listened to them. It was a biographical message preached by David Campbell about Eric Little, or Lydell, depending how you pronounce it, but it's Eric Little. Um, and if you've uh, seen the movie Chariots of Fire, that's who that's about. However, Chariots of Fire pretty well ignores what is really going on in Eric's life. Eric Little was a faithful Christian. He was the favorite to win the gold medal in the Olympics that year uh, for the race that he specialized in. His final race to win the gold medal was scheduled on the Lord's Day. And Eric Little said, I will not race on the Lord's Day. I will be in church worshiping God. Now, I look at his situation and say, as Christians, sometimes we want to look at what's going on and say, well, it's, you know, it's a unique situation. It's once a year. It's something along those lines. If anyone was able... I think, to justify that sort of thinking, in my mind, it would have been Eric Little. But Eric Little said, uh, the Lord and his worship is more valuable than gold and silver or bronze or whatever I'm going to win. The most valuable thing I can do is to gather with God's people on the Lord's day to worship. And I think he presents us a fantastic example of one who understood the significance beyond anything else that we aspire to in this world. Because the common kingdom is passing away. It's day by day is going away. The redemptive kingdom uh, continues to uh, press on for eternity. um, And through the Lord saving people, it's expanding in terms of numbers. And, uh, and this will be our eternal dwelling. So, do we forego that which is eternal for that which is fading away? That's what ends up happening in those things. And so, it forces us to make countercultural decisions and also things that all of us will admit can be very, very, very difficult to decide to do. Things such as when I go to a, uh, to a new job and talking to them about my convictions that I, I, don't, I don't work on the Lord's Day. Well, then you can't work here. Okay. Am I going to trust the Lord's provision in that, that he will provide for me in such a way that I will not have to continue uh, to pursue this opportunity? 
that's a very difficult decision to make. That is something that um, the world looks at and says is crazy. Now, uh, I want to be careful to remind us that there are duties of necessity that take place. There are things, there are careers that we look at and say um, must happen on the Lord's Day. There are things that uh, the Lord approves of and that are a part of that. However, for the most part, most of us aren't in those kinds of um, uh, career paths. And so, I think that the Lord sees it in such a way that we've had a tragic development in our culture and a very sad indication um, of this is when we forego the gathering of the church for whatever else we desire. And we're communicating something to be of value over and above our participation in the redemptive kingdom of God uh, with his people. So for most Christians, the majority of the Lord's Day is really just as much a part of the common kingdom as the rest of the week. Um, And so my hope and my intention is to help us along the way to see something very different than that. Um, We are image bearers of God. And as such, our uh, lives are intimately related to observing a sabbatical pattern of work and rest. How so? How is it that our bearing the image of God locks us into a cycle of life that requires work and rest. Okay, good. So God set down the pattern for us in creation. As you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, there's one commandment that refers us back to creation. I believe all Ten Commandments were present in the garden, but there's one specifically that mentions the creation principle, and that is the Fourth Commandment, and reminding us that the Lord himself rested on the Sabbath day. Go ahead. Creation. Sure. And the, and the, the principle being applied, and why I bring that up, is that we understand that creation principles are applicable to all men everywhere throughout all of time, whether they recognize it or not, that if it came about in creation, this is something that God requires of mankind. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I wanted to, I want to make that point, um, because inevitably it's on anyone's mind as we have the conversation, especially for one not convinced of the necessity of honoring the Lord's Day on the whole. Contrary to popular perception and contrary to where our minds want to go, um, observing Sunday as the Lord's Day should not be a legalistic rule about what we can and can't do. However, it is a glorious and refreshing practice to which we should focus our attention fully on the things that are most important, the things of the redemptive kingdom. So that will inevitably play itself out in our looking at certain things and saying, I don't or can't do those things because God has told us what those things are. And it's not legalistic to obey God. You can't obey God too much. It's not possible. 
Now, we can take God's law and what he calls us to and extend that beyond what he calls us to, which we've talked about already. That's legalism. But to focus on what God has called us to and observe that very thing is not legalistic. And we should see it as the gift that it is. And this is one of the gifts of God that we cannot truly know as a gift until we experience it ourselves. And so uh, there's not a lot of things in the Bible I will say, just try it and see what happens. Uh, But this is one of them. Try it. Try to observe the Lord's Day on the whole. Um, And if you want to talk about what that may look like for your family, I'm happy to do that. But we should see it as a delight, uh, a foretaste of the heavenly city. It's a, it is a participating in something that as Christians we will have forever and ever. And so why would we not want that here and now? All right, we're out of time. But quick comment real quick. Great. Amen. All right, let's pray and we'll be dismissed for worship. Father, thank you again for our time this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we've had to discuss Uh, this important matter of the Lord's Day and where we find ourselves in the midst of the world as a people who seek to honor your law and to, um, to walk in obedience that we might enjoy you and all that you've given us all the more. I pray, God, that you help us to be thinking about this, to meditate on it, to search the scriptures, and to have our own convictions Um, that are informed by the Word of God, that we might walk in uh, the truth of this, uh, and that we not see it as a legalistic observation, uh, but that we desire to obey you and recognize that in our obedience to you, uh, that you bless us and that you help us and that you, you, you give us an order to our lives that is necessary for us. And so I pray, God, that you would bless our uh, time uh, this morning, uh, that it would be on our hearts and in our minds, and uh, that we uh, would be all the more faithful to walk in obedience to what you've called us to as your children for our benefit and for your glory in Christ's name. Amen.